armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax. Do you have any idea how important you this is? Have trying to save the idea? pump pump. Really, this is you what you're doing? You have any idea? what do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. Listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country, your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Pitchers and catchers reported today. Now, the Braves don't do it till tomorrow. But pitchers and catchers reported today. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? I am doing wonderfully today. We've got a big show in front of us. We've got Brian Snow going to join us. We're going to talk a little Major League Baseball, the pitchers and catchers reporting. We're going to talk the White Sox. We're going to talk the Cubs. We're going to talk the Cardinals. Might even get into a couple other teams along the way. And then Justin joins us at the top of the hour. And we'll get into the Atlanta Braves as they will be does their pitchers and catchers report tomorrow? If you're wanting to know the list of teams that are reporting today, it goes like this. You've got Arizona, the Cubs, the White Sox, Cincinnati, Colorado, Kansas City, the Angels, the Oakland A's, Texas. Now, those are all the ones out in Arizona in the Cactus League, in the Grapefruit League. You got the Boston Red Sox, Detroit Tigers, New York Mets, the Pittsburgh Pirates, St. Louis Cardinals, and Tampa Bay Rays along with the Nationals. So that's your list. And everyone that I did not mention, they report tomorrow except for Cleveland for whatever strange reason, they report on Friday. So everyone's, it's essentially half the league today, half the league tomorrow, and the Cleveland Guardians on Friday. And can't can't be more excited for it. It really is perfect now. Now that they end the Super Bowl, and a couple of days later, pitchers and catchers report, and you really start getting the news in and everything, and you start seeing... Uh, you know, we, look, we already had big news this morning. If you missed the sports flash on the way in, Frankie Montas, who was pegged to be the 
New York Yankees, at least number five starter, if not higher. He may be done for the season. He's going to have shoulder surgery, and they hope to have him back towards the end, well past the all-star break, but that's best-case scenario. And he's had he's had this shoulder issue all offseason. I don't understand why they didn't get it done before, and I'm sure New York radio is probably going ballistic right now because I really don't understand. Like, how in the world do you get this to the point where you say, hey, we're going to go ahead and get the get the uh, the shoulder surgery, but we're going to wait until fe- they're not even doing it today. They're doing it February 21st. So what that tells me is you've got a guy who's not serious about his career. And you got to wonder how this is going to affect him going forward because I believe this is the last year of his contract. And regardless, it doesn't really matter. The point is teams, teams remember this kind of stuff. They really do. They, they remember this kind of stuff. And the first thing that hits them is, well, what in the world's going on here? Cause if you really wanted to make sure that you were going to be right and be ready to roll, you would have had the shoulder surgery during the off season. You, you see this in all sports. It's not just, I'm not just picking Montas out. You see it in the NFL. We've seen it in the NBA where you're going, what in the world, the money that is at stake, the money that is at stake. And these guys are, he's going to wait till February 21st to get this looked at. There was no lockout this year. He he could have easily have gone in. So we've already got that news rolling and you know, there's going to be more to come and we'll be reacting to it along the way. We also have games. Games are starting a week from Friday and the Atlanta Braves will do, will do their first preseason game spring training game, excuse me. They'll do their first spring training game a week from Saturday, which is February 25th, and that'll be 105 Eastern and Braves Country HD. We do plan on doing the play-by-play. So if you want to get yourself something cold to drink and sit back and enjoy some spring training baseball, we will bring that action to you on Saturdays, February 25th. And we're piecing together all the, all the broadcasts I'll be able to do. I've got a strong hold on what they'll be. And so the, the March and April schedule, I will have that very shortly to y'all and share it here on the air and planning on doing essentially at least three games, sometimes four games a week on Braves Country HD. If you haven't listened before, it is a play-by-play. It's radio style. We do not have the video because YouTube would, would tear it down. You can't can't give video. If you give video, you're up for like three minutes and then they just tear it down. And we do it just old-school radio style play-by-play. Some folks will pair it to, to their device. And, and watch the game along with it. So a lot of folks that, that listen along, they don't do that. They uh, just crank it up and go outside and do some yard work or you know float around in the pool or whatever you want to do during the summer. So we look forward to that. And uh, my favorite thing to do by far is, is the play-by-play for baseball, especially. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And 
a lot of work going on on the next few weekends to get ready for all of that, but we we're looking forward to it. And the Braves, it's looking like I'll be able to do more and more games where we're, we're, it looks like the Braves are going to have a decent amount of uh, day, day games. So looking forward to Braves baseball and you got all these other teams that are starting. Of course, everybody's undefeated right now and everybody's looking for the ring. Even teams with no shot, you still feel optimistic when now that you have the ability of that extra wild card and you have six teams now making it. It's funny to to try to keep it straight in my head. I was thinking seven the other day for some reason, then realized, no, that's the NFL, because they had flirted around during the lockout about seven. But if you remember last year, the teams that made the playoffs, you had obviously the Braves won the fifth division in a row. Dodgers won their division again. And then you had the Cardinals. And then the wild card sat as it was Mets and Padres. And the Mets hosted the Padres as they were the top wild card getters. The Phillies went to St. Louis because they were the number six seed. And they went to St. Louis. They had an incredible comeback in game one. The rest was history. Then they went on to beat Atlanta. Then they took out San Diego and fell just short of the World Series. So what it has shown is that in the first year of this of this experiment, what it has already shown is that you can be the final team in and still have a realistic ch- chance at winning it all. And I hope in the in the future. They didn't clean it up quite as much as I would like to, but I, I would hope in the future that the days off between the final day of the season and the first game of the two teams that get the, the buy in each league, I would like to see it narrowed more and more because the rust was real. And if you don't think it was, Atlanta got bounced, the Dodgers got bounced. The Yankees had a scare, and it wasn't exactly a cakewalk for Houston. Remember, Houston had that dramatic 18-19 inning game against Seattle that they won, but had they lost that, that series could have looked a lot different. So we're looking at that, and we're and we're getting ready for the season, and I, for one, cannot wait because I think this is going to be one heck of a season. And then you've got all the other stuff going on. You got the rule changes and all that kind of jazz. And we'll be getting uh, the all that breakdown here. And I'm going to wait for, for Brian to jump on here. But uh, he should be jumping along any minute. And we will be uh, ready to talk some Chicago White Sox and St. Louis Cardinals, et cetera, et cetera. And we get ready for that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the Cubs. We're going to dive into the Cardinals. Get to talk to a little White Sox. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Keep it locked in here on the key, 99.1 FM.
y'all, I can't do it anymore. I always said that I would shoot y'all straight, and that's what I'm doing here. You know, I always said that if this became not fun, I wouldn't do it anymore, and and it's not fun. It's become more of a chore. It's a job. I've thought about it. I prayed over it. You know, sometimes in life you have to reevaluate things and figure out what's most important between you know family and work and just everything in life. This ain't it. So as of tonight, I am no longer participating in fantasy football. I don't have time for it. And uh, maybe next year. Armchair. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company. Welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Here's good news. There's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Hey folks, this is Mark White with The Mark White Show, and you can tune in to The Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern Sports and Talk. Hi, you're listening to Armchair. We're here weekdays at drive time, your first choice for sports talk on the first coast. Or you think you're tough picking on an old man? Maybe you'd like to try taking on somebody your own age. You got any kids? Welcome back here to Braves Country HD, 99.1 FM and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. And joining us here is Mr. Brian Snow. Brian, how the hell are you, my friend? Good afternoon, my friend. It's great to be here with you to talk some sports, to talk some baseball. It's great to be here in studio especially with the with the news that I got this morning from my doctor that the pancreatic cancer I had to deal with is officially now in remission. That is awesome, man. Love to hear that. That and, is great, great news. And like you, I'm ready to dive into I figure everybody else is doing it for football and basketball. I'm going to dive into some play-by-play for baseball covering my beloved Chicago White Sox. Let's do it. And... uh you sound better. You look better than when I saw you last time. Thank you. I, I don't know if you were in a, uh, uh, a hotel. I was in a Starbucks and I was tired. Okay. I does, thought, that answer, does that I answer thought your question? You were like in the hotel lobby or something. I was, I was in a Starbucks and the caffeine had worn off. And I was just <laughs> well, no, 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 my, it wasn't that. It was the, uh, this, was the, uh, the headset. Well, yeah. Yeah, I love being here in studio because it's it's crystal clear. I haven't figured out the road setup yet. 
because I know there are going to be a couple of times where you're going to catch me on the road while we uh, handle our weekly engagements with the which each, each uh, other shows. But I'm excited. I'm excited that off of air because I've I've dealt with a lot of it over the years because we have I, I say it all the time, but we have the deepest bench in sports talk because I I, I routinely have about ten guys that you know, right you know, that come on and. Right. Uh, if there's been a problem, I bet I've seen it. Yes. In the, in the infancy, I'd be like, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> but, uh, I dig it, man, because when I got started in 1995, there were all kinds of problems that came my way. And I'm just, I was just asking, what the hell is this? Or how the hell do I deal with this? But now in my uh, 27th, going into my 28th year, like you, I've seen it all. And I can yeah, sell most of them. Yeah, early 90s, I went to, uh, before I ever went to culinary school, I went to broadcast communications school. Nice. And then when I took it back up, the world had changed. Like, yep. the, it was it was apples and oranges. And I, I brought it, I'd been doing radio, mm -hmm. external radio, on and off for around 20 years. But when right. I, when it, was, it was the hiccup of when you first go online, to broadcast online and you're trying to do there, there was a time when we were doing shows live at a, uh, at a bar yep. here, here in town. And that was being broadcast and not just online to traditional different social media outlets, but right. there, there was also two radio stations, one in Jacksonville, Florida mm -hmm. and one in Nashville, Tennessee that were picking us up at the same time. Sweet. And headaches that we would get from trying to send the signal to to those two stations yep was unreal because one of my co-hosts in fact the guy that's coming on today he was sitting in a bar in nashville and we were it was two bars simultaneously broadcasting and it was a lot of fun but the headaches would constantly come across oh lord understand what's going on this and that and it's usually like some guy had turned the light off in the in the back of the kitchen of yeah of the restaurant bar and he didn't know that that meant that that was shutting down his entire you know internet or whatever so I'll, uh, I'll anyways I'll share let's get into some baseball man you're uh white socks and the cut now you're more of a white socks i am all there. white socks man let me ask you this because i often wonder about this so if you're a White Sox fan, do you pull for the Cubs if the if the Sox are doing poorly? Hell like, no. Okay, so your White Sox are not don't want to hear about the Cubs. It's a true rivalry to you. But yes. Okay. Yes. I okay. cannot and will not ever stand the Chicago Cubs, even though I've had native Southsiders, uh, especially back in 2016, saying, Come on, man, you got to pull for the Cubs. They're in the World Series. Hell no. No, hey, I'm all I, white socks. I don't have that with baseball, but I obviously have it with college football. Yeah. And uh, we yeah, got yeah. guys on the show that are Cubs fans, but I've noticed that they will pull for the city of Chicago in general. Now they live in Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't, it doesn't seem like that they have a true hatred for the white socks. They're Cubs fans first and foremost, but it seems like, like if the, if the White Sox are doing okay, then they're okay with it, right? There are a few. I've always wondered about that because I lived in New York. Yeah. And Mets and Yankees fans, they don't get along. No, they I, don't. I, I Look, I always thought it was odd, but then again, I was like, you know, I've never lived in a city 
that had two well, baseball well, teams. Grew up in a city that had two professional teams. Yep. So then, that whole – because, like, in Florida, when you're in Florida, you are a Florida State Seminole or a Florida Gator. Florida Gator. Mm-hmm. Not both. And, and if you're one of these – I just want to see the state of Florida win, then we don't trust you. Like, you know, you – Exactly. Right. And that's the same kind of thing I get, you know, being a White Sox fan. And I got people telling me you should root for the Cubs because you're from Chicago. Right. I said, there's only one baseball team I root for. And that's the South. That's the South side. I root for the White Sox. And when they won the World Series in 2005, you want to talk about the celebration. Dad and I had a private celebration where we just like hugged each other and cried. Yeah, I can imagine because. I know, I know it was more publicized back in the day, mm-hmm. but the because the Cubs had, had had the drop for so long, but it wasn't like the White Sox had won many championships, right? Exactly. You know, we broke our own drought of 88 years. I was about to say, because it, it was 19, was it 1919 or 1917? Yes, 1917. Yes. 88 years without a title, and we finally win it in 2005, and I had the radio call on with john rooney because like you i'm a radio rat so i listened to john rooney's call and had the fox television call muted and i now have that saved forever and dad and i got to celebrate that title two years before he passed away due to uh prostate cancer oh wow yeah and he was a big Sox fan oh yeah dad's the reason i got into baseball you know, I was trying to look, I was trying to look this up because I know that we're going to be doing shows a lot together and to be yeah. able to, to kind of tag uh the the fans in. Yes. So like for instance, Atlanta Braves typically our thing on Twitter or Facebook etc is hashtag for the A, right? Mm-hmm. Now yeah. obviously they'll also do hashtag Braves, but it's pretty much for the a and then they'll come up with something if they make the plus they'll come up with something uh goofy right yeah. you know yeah, yeah. you know just for that specific are the white Sox just white Sox? i was trying to see if there was anything like shy Sox. for me for me it's for me it's fly the socks fly the socks okay yeah you know, because you got the cubs saying fly the w because right. of their w flag so i figure what the hell i'll start a hashtag myself fly the socks Every time they win, is there a common one with the White Sox? Not that I know of. Yeah, because I, I was on their social media pages because I figured that's where you would find it. And I couldn't yeah. find it anywhere. I, I couldn't find a. They spare. rarely even put hashtag White Sox. I'm like, man, someone's got to get it well, together there. Well, here you are. Here's here's your guy right here. Fly the socks or hashtag White Sox or whatever I can come up with, but fly the socks is the one I use. It seems like it would just be organic to have like shy socks, right? It would be, it would, I'll, you know what? You just gave me my hashtag fly the shy socks. There you go. I mean, they, you know, because when I think of the red socks, I, I normally refer to them as the bow socks. I referred to the, to the white socks as the shy socks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Or or if I, or if I'm just tech texting someone, if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm if I mean the Red Sox over the White Sox, I, it'll be Sox. So it's S A W A. Right. You know, using their using their um, uh, u- using their diction. Right. Their, right. Using their Boston accent. 
but I, I lived in Chicago for a very short period of time and, and, and I was in the restaurant business and I can remember being in the back there and this is over towards the South side. Mm-hmm. Most of those guys were, were white Sox fans and they did not like the Cubs. That's why I thought it was odd when I met the two guys, right. uh, Joey and uh, tones who are Cubs fans. I thought it was odd that they were okay. Like, like by no means do they pull for the white Sox, but it seems like that they're okay with them. And I'm like, man, that is so strange. Cause I can remember yeah. heated conversations. Cause whenever you have these kitchens, there's always that one guy who's a Cubs fan. Right. right. You know, right. And, and I've worked in a couple of restaurants all the heat and all the shy Sox fans are just killing them. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was the lone, I was the lone ranger. Cause I worked in a couple of restaurants myself you know, up on the north side, I was the Lone Ranger coming in with my White Sox shirt and everything, uh, yeah. and I would get surrounded. I would get surrounded, and they're just <laughs> looking at me, going, "Shameful, wearing that on the north side." What the hell you mean, shameful? I wear this everywhere I go. I'm a White Sox fan. Can't help it. Right. But they would playfully give me mess about it. I will say this: the Cub fans that I've worked with over the years, they would playfully give me mess about it. You know, and, and it's like, look, we got two teams. You cheer for yours. I cheer for mine. It's all about the city of Chicago. That part I get with some of the fans that I've that some of the fans that I run into. But right. I'm a hardcore. I'm a hardcore White Sox fan, you know, to my heart. So we just out of curiosity, because we did this yesterday on the show because it was Valentine's Day. and We were talking about uh our favorite players on our teams, you, you know, the guys we love, who is your favorite white Sox player currently? Uh, if you could only I, have like one Jersey or whatever, you can only, you know what I mean? Like if there was one guy, is there one that stands above the rest or Tim Anderson? Yeah. Okay. Tim Anderson. Well, I figured he was a popular player. Cause he's so, so good. He, he, he had kind of a down year last year, but all in all, he's, yeah, he he's going to be the motor for the White Sox this year. So Tim Anderson would be my guy. How how is the uh, oh, his name's escaping me? The reliever that had the uh, Liam Hendricks. Yeah, Liam the health scare. What's going on with him? You heard um, I haven't heard any news of him missing the season, but with his cancer diagnosis, I would suspect he would miss a lot of time because uh, he has to go into ke- in chemotherapy. But uh, I haven't received any updates on it yet. I'm digging for him, but I will definitely keep fans posted. But he's one of my other favorites because of his attitude and his excitement. I love Liam Hendricks. Well, I I can imagine. And, of course, you got that bond there. But the other thing that I'm wondering with with Liam Hendricks, most likely, I'd say he's going to be out for a while, if not the year. Is it? Is it is the thought process Graveman as the closer or Kopech. Michael Kopech? Oh, really? Okay. Kopech would be for me. Kopech would be the choice to be their closer in Hendricks's spot, and not just because of his hundred mile an hour fastball. Uh, his curveball has developed really well. He's got a slider that's out of this world, and he's got another off speed pitch that uh, he's been working on that he that would probably be his wipeout pitch but from so for me it would be michael kopech that would uh assume the closer role and i don't know how they're going to play it but for me the obvious choice would be kopech 
So that so that would take him out of the rotation, obviously. Yeah. Um, do you have a guy that because right now what I'm looking at at the rotation, it's Cease, it's Lynn, it's Giolito, and then there's question marks. Yeah. Because, because this is ESPN, but they're they're probably not up to date. Um they're showing Kopech and then Clevenger. Yeah. And of course Clevenger's had the had the bad press recently. You can um, move Cle you can move Clevenger up into that five hole because you expect Clevenger with the time that he's already put in in the majors to be back of the rotation kind of guy, you know, get him every, every fourth, fifth day, give him the, they're going to be some times where he's going to have to uh, spot start in someone's place uh, due to an injury, but you can move Clevenger up like one spot in the rotation, but still have him be in the back of the rotation, kind of like um, what they had in 2021. But yeah, I just, I'm looking at uh, Clevenger to be in the back of that rotation. We talk about him a lot on the show because it's, it's interesting that he hasn't been signed yet, but if there's ever a position, uh, an opening there for a guy to step in, if they do indeed decide to put, keep Graveman as the setup man and, and put Kopech as the closer mm -hmm. and Trevor Bauer. I mean, Bauer's out. Bauer is out there. I don't know if the white Sox will make a play for him. I kind of expect them to, to really solidify the starting rotation because the one pitcher that they let go of who was really solid for them as a starter was Carlos Rodon. Yeah. Well, that cost them last year. Getting rid of Rodon and that stabilizing force in the rotation really cost them. So besides G besides Geo, Dylan Cease, and uh Lance Lynn, they gotta have that fourth spot, and it probably will be Kopech because the original the original feeling while we had Liam Hendricks as a closer was you know, you can stretch Kopech out and get at least six innings from him. He's done it twice already. And he can throw you a lot of pitches, and he can eat a lot, eat a lot of innings. But the biggest thing right now for us is who's going to close? Who's going to be that guy coming out of the bullpen that will shut him down? Now, if they decide to leave Kopech in there, 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 are, there, there are some options that you could go out there on free agency right now to, to yeah. open. I still think that, if Kopech ends up staying in the rotation, then it's got to be Graveman because Graveman has shown that he can do it before. Yes. Now maybe it's by committee, but you but you got to give him a chance. But, there, but there's a couple of guys out there that are interesting to me. It's kind of like 2005 when we couldn't decide on a closer because uh, Shingo Takatsu started as the closer, and then Dustin Hermanson became the closer before he got injured, and then of course there was Bobby Jenks who and we rolled Bobby Jenks the rest of the way. So it could come down to that. So in a couple of these guys, you wouldn't even have to put to long-term deals because we're sitting here in the middle of February. Right. And they, they might be willing to sign a one-year deal as long as it was a major league deal. Zach Britton is the first one that jumps off the table. At me. And, he's, and he's a lefty. He was already in the White Sox system a couple of times. And he's out there and, you know, he can, you know, 
eat up some innings and he could provide some saves. So Zach Britton is out there, like you said. Corey Nabel is still out there. I I mean, if you sign Will Smith, I'm telling you right now as a Braves fan that we've watched him deteriorate over time. You got to have low expectations. I mean, you might you might sign him for depth in the bullpen, but you but he, but you don't want him in the. That's in like the when the Cubs. That's when uh, the Cubs signed Davis from the Mets. He was already in. I'm um, from the Royals. I beg your pardon. Oh yeah, um, Davis helped the Royals close that World Series. Right. And he yeah. didn't do anything. He didn't do anything else since then. And the Cubs signed him for a couple of years. He gave up a playoff grand slam. And that basically slammed the door on him. I'm I'm a little surprised that Brad Hand is still out there. Yeah, I'm surprised at that. I'm surprised at that too. I'm surprised no one's plucked him up. Rosenthal is still out there. Rosenthal's still out there. Now, as far as viable starting pitchers. And we're gonna need a couple, you know, because we're still feeling the loss of Rodon. Rodon was that dominant, steady lefty. That I didn't realize. I don't think I realized he was still a free agent. Dylan Bundy is still on the market. Now Bundy could Bundy Bundy could help by eating up some innings. Now the only problem that I see with him is that if you're going, but this is just projected. His yeah. market value is being is being gauged at twelve million a year. Mm-hmm. Nobody's signing. Bundy for 12 so so in other words if he thinks he's getting 12 million a year he's got another thing coming exactly um exactly other than that they're all trash heap guys as far as guys that you yeah. if you sign them you're Bundy's you, by far the, the if best you sign them the rest of the guys you're looking at if you sign them you're putting ro your rotation both front and back at risk you're putting them at risk before I even came close to signing Bundy for that kind of money, I mean, I would give a guy like Mike Miner a shot. Right. Um, Chris Archer has seen his better days, but but I mean, as as a long guy in your bullpen, I like him. Annabelle Sanchez, the same thing. Yeah, those those two would be middle of the bullpen guys. These would those would be inning those would be inning guys. I cannot believe this guy is thirty one years old. Is he really thirty one? Yeah, he's thirty one years old. Do you remember Gerald Cotton? That yes, that was out west. Was it Oakland A? Yep, I remember. Seems like it was yesterday that he was like a top fifty prospect in Major League Baseball. It, it seems that it seems that way. It seems like it was just yesterday. Now he's thirty one, and his better days are behind him. I would have lost a bet here. Gerald Cott is thirty one years old. He is just one year younger than thirty two year old. Julio Tehran, who obviously was a brave for a long time. Yeah. I would have thought Tehran was like five to ten years older than him. Uh, yeah, would think so. You would think so, but nope. He's uh he's 32. That that's is crazy. Cool. But that that's about it. There, there's not a lot out there on the trash heap right now. So anyone that if if you're not going out there to get Bundy or if you're not gonna risk the press to get Bauer, David Price is already retired. He's he's still on yeah. the but he's retired so there's nothing really left out there that starting pitching wise unless you're just going to give a flyer so maybe it's something that they do internally we got to take a quick break when we get when we come back let's let's talk a little national league same type same uh area of the country talk some cubs talk some cardinals and we'll uh finish our thoughts on the 
on the White Sox. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. If you're making sandwiches, always leave the knife hanging over the sink in case you want one later. Be a man. I'm 7-0 this season. You auto-drafted. That's what all the great GMs do. They delegate. You didn't do anything. Yeah, I did. I set the queue. Without fantasy football, what would friends talk about? I almost wore shorts today. Oh. I was going to do a sweatshirt shorts combo. Hmm. Switched to pants instead. Armchair. Hey, sports fans. The Key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country. The SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE, The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Make contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze, and Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores. Make contact. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., drive time on WQEE. Welcome back. Taking you all the way to the 5 o'clock hour where Sports Map Radio takes over. First name sports. Remember to get your day started off right 7 to 10 here, Ryan O Radio Penitentiary. And then noon to 2, the Rod Peterson Show, 2 to 3, Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And then we're here 3 to 5. We go live 3 to 5 every single weekday. Love, Rod, love the Rod Peterson Show. Very much a very dear friend of mine. And the folks uh, that that run that show they've been very dear to me so i love those guys yeah i try to tune in to catch all my uh try to educate myself on some hockey because i'm not a hockey fan per se hang around with rod and hang around with me you'll learn but i do uh i do appreciate it but there's only so many hours in the day yeah there is and i've devoted mine to southern sports so you know i'm i'm football baseball basketball and Mm -hmm. it's college of all so i'm one of those rare birds college baseball college softball there's just there's same not here. enough hours in the day i mean come same, on same here same here i'm I, I love college baseball love watching it love listening to it uh every game i could catch especially radio wise so i can learn and add to my game i'm all i'm all for it 
I am definitely the radio broadcasts in college are usually much better than the television ones. The television broadcasts oh, are oh, the radio broadcasts are great. Yeah, the radio broadcasts are great. I did a simulcast for Lewisburg College back in 2021, and they were wondering, you know, what the hell are you doing? I mean, we already got the video. Why are you streaming the audio? I said, well, just in case people can't catch it, you know, on the YouTube channel and they're driving. And people people tuned in both ways. You know, they'll have the video on and they'll turn up my audio. So 99 times out of 100 Radio call is always better than the uh, yes call. Absolutely, but, you know. But that's the thing is that's what these guys are taught though. Because if you go into television broadcasting, they tell you to let it breathe, right? Yeah, that's what I was told. I didn't, yeah. but that's what I was told. <laughs> they don't want you to talk so much because of all the video. Whereas in radio, you're you're painting a picture. You're painting a picture, mm-hmm. right? So, and plus, what I love about the the uh, college radio broadcasts is it a you're going to learn stuff that you never would learn from the tv broadcast but also they usually have little tidbits about the surrounding area that they're visiting right Mm -hmm. so that's favorite food favorite food spots favorite other places to visit you know especially if it's like a three or four game weekend series and y'all will have to excuse me because my little winnie has decided to creep across my table again so the college, the, uh, time, my the, little, it's my little assistant here for those, for those of you watching on the, on the television channel, but the yeah. uh, college uh, baseball's getting going in earnest this weekend. Uh, yes, softball, so softball's already gotten started. See, that's why I want to move to a warm area. I want to move back South or move to a warmer area because I want to be knee deep in college baseball and college softball by now and just have the headphones on, just be a play by play rat again. You know, and my wife promised, you know, wherever we land, I'm going to make sure that you can contact some schools, some high schools or some college or some junior colleges and just go like, baby, that's all I need. (laughs) Yeah, you've got wall to wall games starting uh, this Friday. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, man. There's a lot of games. There's a ton. There's a ton of games this weekend. I mean, you know how the XFL is starting this weekend. That's with college baseball and college uh, softball. Yeah, it's wall. It's wall to wall. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be honest with you. Someone's gonna have to remind me the XFL's on because I just eh, whatever. I'm I'm ready for college base. I'm like you. I'm ready for college baseball, man. There are. There I'm are, ready for that. Counting it up right now, there's about a dozen or so games that are going to be on Friday before yep. dinner time. Yep. You got games starting at uh, at noon, and most of that stuff can be caught on the plus, but you, you got games starting at noon across the board in the country. And But there's only a couple of conferences that, off, that uh, put it behind a paywall. Everyone else offers it free. You know, radio radio wise, they offer it free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but as far as being able to watch, watch the games and stuff like that, usually uh, ESPN Plus is, is the way to go. That, that's the yep. only reason why I have the plus is for college sports. All that other Same. junk that they try to throw in there is the Same. ESPN originals on something. Whatever, man. The only two re- the only two reasons I have ESPN Plus, the college sports and the CFL. Because they'll 
hitch into the CFL and I dove into the CFL this past year. Oh, that's interesting. And, I, I, I could probably be talked into watching the CFL. I just never know when it's on and I'll randomly run into it. They've done a terrible job here in the United States pushing well, it and talking about it over the years. Leave that, leave that to me and my buddy Sam Shady because he dives into the CFL as well, as well as my friend Clark Monroe, who's with now the season starts in the middle of the summer, right? Yeah, they, they start in June. It's so weird. It's, um, it's weird, but I love it. And that's when June is most June is one of the months that's most fun for me. I feel like it would be it would be it would be advantageous for them to have a lot of snow games on TV. <laughs> wait till November. Wait till November. Yeah, well, when, well, the NFL is always hoping that they have a snow game. If they have a night yeah. game, snow game, it is like ratings heaven. And you would think, and, and you know something, this the last snow game on Thanksgiving that I remember was Leon Let's Blunder against Miami yeah. in 1993. That was with snow on the ground, and they're cleaning the spot off and everything. You know the NFL loves snow games. Oh yeah, they love they love snow games. Yeah, there's that's why they're PO'd every time the game's in Detroit. There's right. no snow on the ground. Inside, inside the stadium, that is. Right. They got uh, when you're talking well, when is the Grey Cup normally? November? November. Okay. November? November, yes. So I guess they're trying to get it out of the way because they know hockey's king up there, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. I just from from a football fan standpoint, like man, it would be really cool if, it, they, if they were playing right now, right? right. And they were winding right. down their season up there in Canada. We get snow up to their eyeballs. It'd be awesome. Uh -huh. But but you got to think about it sometimes. Of interest for folks who are riding around wanting to know what's going on college baseball this Friday. Looking at some of the teams in action around the land, uh, Alabama is going to play at four o'clock. The Gators, I just saw them. They are playing seven o'clock uh, versus Charleston Southern. I know mm -hmm. I saw Georgia. Oh, number two Tennessee at Arizona at eight o'clock, and I believe that's, that's a good one. Work. That's going to be a good one, Tennessee and Arizona. Yes, because Arizona, Arizona is always underrated in both in both their sp big spring sports, softball and baseball. Arizona's always been underrated, and number two Tennessee is going to going to give them hell. Arizona's going to give them hell. VCU is at Middle Tennessee, 11 a.m. Man, the last time I did an 11 a.m. pitch was with UNC Greensboro, and I wound up getting sick that game. That was last year, and I love the folks in Spartan country. That is early for a Friday. Man, that is that's like that's like single A baseball. Yeah, that's single. That's that's um, kids day. 11 a.m. That's kids day. That's when all the kids are out of school and they get free tickets and they go take they go taking an event. I've done I've done kids' day for Florida State will play five o'clock Friday against James Madison. Like That's I said, Florida. most of these games you're gonna be able to see on the, there it is, Georgia, three o'clock, uh Jacksonville State. Oh boy. Friday. Oh boy. So that's uh there's one game I remember with Georgia. And uh, Jacksonville State. Uh, Georgia gave up 13 runs in the final two innings. 
This was 2009, and Jacksonville State beat them 16 to 8 in the game. Came back to beat them. I know Georgia Tech plays this weekend, trying to find them on this, but this is a really unorganized uh, scoreboard that I've stumbled across. <laughs> I don't know why I went to this website because it's it's the, the times are mixed up, the conferences are mixed up. Like it is, it makes absolutely zero sense what they're doing here on the None. But anyways, if well, I which I, website I, are you looking at? I'll let you Georgia Tech fans know. I know I saw them earlier, but I which can't which website are you looking at? It's it's just the D one baseball one. All ah, right. Anyway, gotcha. let's get back to the uh, subject at hand. Um, the the Cubs and Cardinals. 2023 season mm -hmm. you gotta so all in all the the cardinals are gonna be the favorite to win the nl central but i think the cubs are gonna be feisty this year i think so too i think the cubs are gonna be feisty enough to not only compete for the wild card but compete for the division uh if you want to look at this year's cubs roster with the mix of young and old um kind of reminds you of the era uh, 2014 to 2017, when they when they had the same thing, their biggest the Cubs' biggest signing was Eric Hosmer to give them some experience, and their other biggest signing was Cody Bellinger, and then of course Dan sleeping on Dansby Swanson. I I was just getting to Dansby. I was just getting to Dansby. Dansby going to is going to solidify that defense. Bubble ship ring that he that he walks around with. Yep. Uh Dansby Swanson is going to solidify that infield defense for the Cubs. Really get them together. They are and I'll tell you something else. I think that starting pitching is a little underrated. Now, depending mm -hmm. on what they can get at Kyle Hendricks because he he is getting long in the tooth. Yeah. He's always been a control pitcher, so he's never going to blow you away, but Strowman's got to be worth what they signed him for. That's number one with the bullet. He has not lived up to expectation. Then you're going to have that same conversation with Jamison Tyon this year because I do believe that he's going to be a solid pitcher, but he's got to show it day in and day out. If they can get, and those are two question, those are two question marks I have. If those they can get innings that I have, right? If they can get solid innings at a Tyon at a Strowman, I think Justin Steele's got the best stuff on the staff. Mm-hmm. Even though they have him as the number four guy, I by the end of the year, the the I don't care what it says on ESPN.com right now. By the end of the year, Justin Steele is going to be their number one guy, and Drew Smiley's just an innings eater. There's a big thing that Justin Steele needs to develop, and that's a wipeout pitch. Right, gotta ha you gotta have a, a a signature wipeout pitch. That's the only thing missing from Justin Steele's uh, repertoire. Um, Kyle Hendricks, of course, uses the breaking ball. Uh, Marcus Stroman uses the slider. You got to have a wipeout pitch. And when you look at the Cardinals, I think it begins and ends with Jack Flaherty. What are they yes. to get out of Jack Flaherty? Because yes. as much as everyone wants to, to laud them and put them up there to win the division, et cetera, et cetera, you are expecting a lot when, when, when you're looking at the depth chart and he is projected as the number one guy, because after that you've got Jordan Montgomery mm -hmm. who's solid, but he, he's never blown me away. Adam no. Wainwright is going to, is, is, you know, he's one of those bulldogs that's going to give you innings and give you fight all the way across the board. But does he still have it? Mikolas, Matt's, 
these are all guys that are solid pitchers, but what are you going to get out of them? And then they've got to get more consistency from Jordan Hicks in, in that bullpen. Jordan Hicks should be their closer. He should be anybody's closer. He should, he should be elite. Jordan, Hitt, Jordan Hicks should be putting up numbers a la Dan Quisenberry, a la Mariano Rivera, a la Goose Gossage. He needs to be up there because he has changed his pitching motion three times because of how much torque he puts on his arm. Three times he's changed his pitching motion. If y'all take a look at how Hicks started his motion coming from the chest high windup, and now he exclusively works from the stretch, his leg kick is different. Well, what they thought they had from him, they thought a couple of years ago that he was going to be the heir apparent. He's going to be the closer, right? At right. that same time, at that same time, if you remember, Alex Reyes was was the next big thing. Yep, he's falling off the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. They got a, a lot of question marks. Um, but Hicks is Hicks has to be their guy. And I'll say it again, Cardinal fans, look at his um, look at him from the stretch position. And how he has <clears throat> tailored his windup again, because I noticed before surgery, he had the ball close to his chest and his leg kick was a tad bit higher. Now it's a tad bit lower and he's still working from his chest, but the glove is out more to take a lot of torque off of his windup and a lot of torque off of his arm. When he does throw 104, 105 miles an hour, but does he <clears throat> does he still have that wipeout pitch? That's going to be the question for Jordan Hicks. That's going to be the question that will have to be answered if he's going to be their closer. Well, my question for you is we're up on time. What is your walk-off for the day, sir? My walk-off is this. I beat cancer, and anyone who has cancer can beat it too. All right, my friend, I'll, I'll see you later tonight on uh, Snowman. Uh, Thank you. And uh, we'll look forward to that. Justin Waller's on the way. We got to take a quick break, pay some bills, and get some IDs in. You're listening to Braves Country. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. In the association tonight, the Hawks are at home against the Knicks. Atlanta, two and a half point favorite over under 234. Other games of interest around the league, Pistons at the Celtics at 730. Jazz are at the Grizzlies at eight. On ESPN, you got a pretty good one. Cavs, two and a half point dogs on the road at Philly, 76ers in Cleveland on ESPN. The tail end of that doubleheader, Pelicans are at the Lakers, 10 o'clock. And the Mavs are at the Nuggets at nine. In college hoops, the number one Alabama Crimson Tide travel to the number 10 Tennessee Volunteers. Balls are a two-and-a-half-point favorite over under 143-and-a-half. Number seven, Virginia's at Louisville at 7 o'clock on ESPNU. Number 16, Xavier at Marquette 
Marquette, five and a half point favorites. The 14th ranked Indiana Hoosiers are getting one point on the road at Northwestern, while a top 25 showdown has TCU 22 in the land at number 19, Iowa State. Cyclones, four point favorite. And San Diego State is giving up seven and a half on the road at Fresno State. Other games of interest in the Southeastern Conference, you've got Ole Miss at Florida. The Gators are a 10-point favorite at home. That game could be seen on SEC Network at 6.30. At 8.30 on the network, Kentucky at Mississippi State. Bulldogs, two-and-a-half-point favorites. And at 9 on the deuce, Arkansas is at Texas A&M. Aggies, two-and-a-half-point favorites. The ACC has Virginia Tech at Georgia Tech right here in Atlanta. That game can be seen on ACC Network. The Hokies, seven and a half point favorite over under 141 and a half. And the Florida State Seminoles are at Clemson on the plus. Tigers, 10 point favorites. The New York Yankees starting pitcher, Frankie Montas, needs shoulder surgery and will miss most or all of the 2023 season. As pitchers and catchers reported to spring training today, Yankees manager Aaron Boone said the right-hander will have right shoulder surgery on February 21st and that Montas could possibly return late in the second half of the season. Montas, 29, was acquired by the Yankees from Oakland on August 1st last year and went 1-3 with the 6-3-5 ERA in eight starts with the pinstripes. Miami Dolphins officially announced the hiring of Vic Fangio as their new defensive coordinator after reportedly reaching an agreement with him last month. Despite reporting agreeing to terms, January 29th, Fangio signed a two-week contract with the Eagles as a consultant, helping them prepare for Super Bowl 57, preventing him from signing with any other team until that contract expired. Fangio, the AP NFL Assistant Coach of the Year, in 2018 with the Bears has 36 years of NFL coaching experience. He takes over a Dolphins defense that ranked 24th in points allowed and 27th in passing yards per game. Washington Capitals star Alex Ovechkin is expected to be gone for at least the rest of the week, if not longer. It was announced on Wednesday that General Manager Brian McLennan announced before the team's morning skate that Ovechkin's father had passed away with no further details. On Instagram, Ovechkin posted in Russian, Today my father passed away. I thank everyone for their support, but ask for your understanding and do not disturb my family at this hard time for us. Complicating matters further, Ovechkin needs to go home to Russia where his parents and other family members live. There are travel restrictions in place amid the country's war with the Ukraine, and there are no direct flights between North America and Moscow. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on youtube.com at Braves country. The best in sports and entertainment, and get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Armchair. 
Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Braves Country, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Good afternoon, Mr. Justin Waller. Good afternoon, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. It's baseball season. I don't care what you say. Pitchers and catchers reported today. You're in Braves country. Oh, baby! Braves country. It's real now. It's pitchers. I know we don't report till tomorrow, technically, but it's real. You know, you know, all the boys are are at the bar right now talking about what they're gonna do. <laughs> I saw that. What was the quote that I saw a second ago, right before we went on the air? It says the the headline, and this comes off of MLB.com. Says Acuna arrives at camp early, ready to show unfathomable talent. Further removed from it. ACL surgery, brave slugger poised to re, re, to rediscover all star form. Now, I don't know if that's something that he said. Let me see here. I'm beyond. Here, here we go. Quote: A smiling Acuna said, "I'm beyond excited and happy. I think my face says it all. I feel like it's been two years to this point since I felt completely healthy. So I feel really excited. How excited?" Well, Acuna is one of the many Braves. Anyways, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. Um, For those that want to read it, just go to MLB.com at some point. And for uh, Mets fans, just get someone to sound it out to you. Oh, there we go. Well, come on. Let's go and get the champs in early, baby. Let's get them. Let's get them. (laughs) Are you ready for baseball season, man? I... I was talking this early. Is this not perfect now that the Super Bowl ends in like two, three days later, you get pitchers and catchers report? I kind of wish they had reported last week during the lull, right? Because there was nothing to talk about. That that was one of the most buzzless Super Bowls, but it was a phenomenal game. But the actual lead up to it was buzzless. Yeah, I mean, aside from a World Baseball Classic roster, there wasn't much uh, out there. Um Hey, it's here now, whether you you guys are playing in it or not, uh, neither here nor there. The catchers and pitchers have showed up and uh, let the season and games begin. Um, it's going to be interesting this year. Um, and right out of the gate, you got some questions for the Yankees. Uh, Montas is going to have some uh, shoulder surgery. And uh, unique, they had a judge working out at first base. Just uh, some of the things I picked up today. And uh, I, I know for it's spring training and everybody moves around, plays around. Judge but, at uh, first base? At a warm-up. Yeah. They're, they're probably just tossing around. But Oh, wow. Judge at first base. I don't what feel if? like he's going to go down and get him. Do you you think he's picking any from six foot eight? I mean, I don't think there's analytics that would show that he could, but you never know. I mean, somebody's thinking it somewhere. 
I just don't see it. No, I, I don't either. I, I, I would be shocked if, uh, yeah, that's, that seems like one that, um, what are they, they going to do with Rizzo? They, they re-signed Rizzo. Oh, I mean, they're just playing around opening warmups and everything. It just, it, it makes you think when you see things about that in, in the spring warmups and leading up to the season and workouts and everything going on is yeah, don't, don't get overexcited there. It's not going to hurt your fantasy first base position. It makes Rizzo think, it makes him think, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> it just makes you think that maybe he'll, he'll be eligible for first base on fantasy. That's all you care about. I'm just saying it made me think about it. I, I was like, hmm. is, he, is he one of your dynasty guys? He is. I don't, I don't know how your roster is constructed, but I don't know if you have like a bunch of outfielders. And you're like, ooh, I can slide him into first base. Let's go. <laughs> no, I don't have 22 left fielders like the Atlanta Braves, which I did. <laughs> I trade some <laughs> off for arms. <laughs> I think I pretty much know who I'm keeping um, in our in our dynasty, but there's a couple of questions that I, I'm going to kind of wait till how, how the spring plays out to see who I would and would not keep. Um, man, I still can't believe I'm thinking about keeping that dead weight of Fernando Tatis. Cause he's, he's still got what? 60 games left to miss somewhere in there. And you can't put him in some kind of designated role, right? He's, he's going to be sitting there eating, eating team meals on your bench. Yeah. Cause I don't believe he can be, sitting off on IR or a non-designated we uh, don't have a slot so no I yeah. I've, yeah I I've had a guy before that that was like that unless something's changed in the Yahoo rules which I doubt they have you're just gonna be stuck I don't know there's a part of me that just want to kind of cut bait but there's another part of me that goes what are you stupid <laughs> <laughs> the guy is still really talented and it shows that he's trying. He's out there cheating, man. He's out there pumping steroids in his behind. Did you see this thing that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did on uh, on Instagram, Instagram or or Twitter's something yesterday? Because remember, he 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 was the one that got held in the in the Super Bowl. And there was that big controversy on whether it was a hold or not. First of all, yeah, it was a hold because there was two holds in that actual play. But uh, I can't remember the name of the defensive back now that, that held him. But anyways, he tagged him in to an Instagram post. And it was a Valentine's joke. And it said, it said when you're looking for that special someone to hold you. <laughs> and there's hearts all around it. And then that just started Twitter beef. AJ Brown came at him. Saying, man, you know, you ain't nothing but junk. That's why the Steelers got rid of you, like that kind of thing. And uh, and uh, Juju came back with saying, I'm glad that you let that off your chest. And then you put nothing but rings across, you know, still jiving. At <laughs> it's like, I don't care, man. I got my Super Bowl ring. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but does it change the game? Let's talk about that for one moment. Whether, whether that holding call was... Other than give time on the clock for the Eagles, does it change the game? They're still in field goal range, correct? Yeah, I think. I mean, you're you're a little longer. I'll give them that. I think that's the biggest thing is um, they would have kicked a field goal, but there would have been about two minutes left. 
And so that's the biggest thing. But that was a hold. That wasn't like some phantom call that they acted like, oh, or his hold. That was a hold. Does nobody remember the other three quarters and 14, well, I guess it'd be 13 minutes of the game where you had a 10-point lead and you blew it and then we're down to eight. And yes, you came back. But had you not allowed those things, you don't hinge it on one call, like it or not, the field goal happens. And All I, think- I can say as a Titans fan is I don't want to hear anyone crying about whether or not that was a fumble, that that, that was a fumble forward or, or a pass. Because when I saw it happen, I'm sitting rest- surrounded by a bunch of Jags fans here at the house. I said, oh, 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 because oh, they're all pulling for the Eagles there. No, 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 no. It can't all of a sudden, that can't be an incomplete pass now because it wasn't an incomplete pass of week 18. That's all I know. Agreed 100%. But, yeah, it came down to a play. It was lackluster. And, uh, I think um, he's about to get paid, though. Jalen Hurts has one year left on his rookie contract. It's a $4.8 million cap. Woo! There's no way they let that get to the end. You hope not. He's about to get paid. Well, What's I, the ask? I mean, I think he's going to be up there with the rest of them. I don't think him losing the Super Bowl would have changed it at all. Do you? No, had the outcome been different, I don't. I don't think it would have we're changed about, his contract status. Yeah, we're talking about the difference of three points through an entire season. Yeah. Now, what it's going to do is it's going to make it more difficult for the Eagles to get back there because they're going to find out, just like the Chiefs found out, how hard it is. The Chiefs just have are fortunate to have the most talented quarterback in the NFL, but you, you can't tell me that didn't affect them. Because they had to get rid of Tyree Kill because of it. How much more dangerous is that offense with Tyree Kill in the mix? Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, they they better be glad they got it this year because I don't know how you keep the band all together. To pay the offensive and defensive talent they have on that roster, it's coming to an end. Yeah. It has to. It's um, a short window. They always talk about that in today's uh, NFL, it's easier. Strange, because that's not what it was when we were growing up. But it's easier – to win the Super Bowl when your quarterback is on its rookie contract then afterwards cuz once it once they come off the off that the same thing is going to happen with the with the uh, Bengals, right? The same things happening with the you know with the Buffalo Bills. The same thing is going to happen very very shortly with uh Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if he'll get it this year, but he, but but that that check is is uh, in the mail. And if you don't address it, you're in the uh, struggles that the Titans are in. I mean, they're in a complete struggle bus rebuild as well. They've missed their window for the Super Bowl. I think your window with Tannehill has come and gone. And yeah. uh, even if you fix the quarterback, and let's say you make one of the big name splashes that are still out there. Or, you move around. Who are you going to throw the ball to? <laughs> who, who are you going to throw Bobby to? Trees. You, 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 can you trade back for A.J. Brown? I mean, can you undo the trade? Now can you pay double and get him back? <laughs> now, here's an interesting one because I still believe the best landing spot for Lamar Jackson is to go to Atlanta with the Falcons. I agree. Because the, the Ravens don't want to trade him to the AFC for obvious reasons. 
So the NFC becomes the player, and I believe Derek Carr is going to Carolina. Tampa Bay's in a rebuild. They're kind of they're kind of in the same situation where Tennessee is where it's almost like a no man's land feel for it, right? Where they've got talented players around them, but they don't have necessarily the quarterback to move forward. They're kind of stuck. Wouldn't surprise me if you start seeing the the Buccaneers start saving money or trading guys away or whatever. But and then the Saints are an absolute abysmal, assuming that they don't land Derek Carr. Falcons, they could make a dent in the NFC if they got Lamar Jackson, but they still have Kyle Pitts on that rookie contract, right? They'll have Algier on that rookie contract. And they've got some draft picks coming, and now obviously they'll probably have to trade some of that away to to uh, to get Jackson in in here. But that to me would be the most phenomenal move of the offseason. It would energize an entire Atlanta fan base that's kind of been kind of stuck in the mire ever since the Super Bowl collapse against the the Patriots, because you could see the decline of Matt Ryan and they were smart to get out of that nonsense. I think, I think you underestimate the potential of what that combination could do. If you're a Falcons fan, you, you sit here and hear us describing it, but us being long, lifelong Titans fans and knowing Arthur Smith's involvement with the Titans organization. And I mean, growing up from the equipment, just moving up through the ranks as the equipment guy all the way to the offensive coordinator He's seen this team strive to replace an Aaron McNair. And uh, one, you cannot replace Steve McNair. That's the toughest son of a gun to ever play the position. But secondly, that style of offense feeds into his system. He with This offense has tried it through multiple different player regimes. Even with his offensive input, they have always looked for that dynamic runner and passer. And I think that uh, you put that combination – with Arthur Smith at the head coaching position, allowing to have final decision on things like that, man, look out. That could be an exciting offense to watch. Yeah, I would love to see, I would love to see it happen. And you look at what it might take. I, I think you probably have to trade your number one pick and you hate doing that. Cause you're going to pay a boat ton of money to a guy, but you, but the, but the Ravens are going to look, look for a return. So I think you have to trade the number one pick, but you you instantly fix your quarterback situation. Ravens would probably go ahead and take Desmond Ritter over in the trade too, because what are you going to do with Ritter? Like, there's there's nothing that can be done at that point. He might as well move on. And they have the number they they have the forty fourth pick in the second round, seventy fifth in the third, and they've got two fourth round picks: one from the Titans at number one ten, and then their own at one thirteen. I think it would be a deal where you probably have to give up two of those top picks, or if you don't give up the number one, then then you're talking about probably giving up three or four picks. I think it's more likely it's like the first round pick, maybe the third round pick, and you and you send Ritter over to you because right now they they won't have a quarterback. I mean, I know they got Mister Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck was that? Um, 
But that would be. I say you pay the draft capital. There's no guarantee it pans out. Yeah. Anyway, you fix your your quarterback solution, and oh, the, I mean, the if you've got pits on your rookie contract, and you really want to exploit that while your quote unquote window is there, you get your head coach the guy that fits his system, and I think Jackson fits it. I think he opens yeah. up that that game and that style of play that we have seen him for 20 years oh, try and unveil across the NFL. And not for nothing, what about jersey sales? What about ticket sales? Lamar Jackson coming to the Atlanta Falcons sells the place out, and you won't be able to keep a, what number does he wear, eight? A number eight Falcons jersey in stock, or whatever number he decides to pick. It would just, it, it would be electric. They there ha, There wouldn't have been, there hasn't been that kind of excitement at the quarterback position for 20 years going way back to when Michael Vick was behind center. Because Matt Ryan was a good quarterback. He was a solid quarterback, but he wasn't exciting to watch necessarily. He was, to me, he he was like a better version of Drew Bledsoe, but he wasn't like electric. You didn't go, man, he wasn't musty. You didn't have to go, man, every time the ball snapped, I got, I, I'm not a Ravens fan. In fact, I don't even really pull for them. I can't say I pull against them anymore because I just like watching Lamar Jackson play. So when when the Ravens are on, I will watch him. And if you're and if he comes to your team, man, that becomes electricity. With that being said, can the Titans move Malik Willis to to Baltimore? <laughs> I don't know if I have your same sentiment about Ravens in Titans uniforms, but uh, you know, I still hold grudges. Man, Lamar Jackson behind center, handed it off to Big Henry. Come on now. You don't oh, need you don't need a receiver at that point because you can't tackle both of them at the same time. <laughs> He's not accurate enough to worry about getting a big time receiver. You just go, dude. We're gonna go. We're gonna get some guys that can mash. We're gonna see if we can get uh, Heinz Ward out of retirement. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna dive into some uh, Braves talk, and uh, also you got the the Vols and the tide playing tonight on the hardwood. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves country. It's a little past 420. Smoke them if you got them. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves country and Braves country HD wherever you stream. Is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls, embarrass my friend. See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're going to start doing some thinking on your own and you're going to come up with the fact that there are two certainties. One, don't do that. And two, you dropped 150 grand on education you could have got for a dollar fifty in late charges at the public library. <laughs> hey, Braves fans! The Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there. Pulling no punches, calling it how I see it for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves Country Baseball, first pitch to last pitch, all season long, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. 
Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at screwballwhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Welcome back to Braves Country. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Welcome back. Pitchers and catchers report. We'll get into Tennessee, Alabama here in a minute. Justin, with the... all that's going on in free agency, Major League Baseball. So I, I was I was looking at the, the players that are left, and there's no pitching left. If you don't count Trevor Bauer, which everyone's acting like he's radioactive for whatever reason, there seems like that there is absolutely no pitching left. Now, there's some interesting guys in uh, in relief, but if you have not gotten your guy out on the free agent market, I don't know. And with the Padres picking up Waka, I think the last innings eater left the the board as far as anything I'd be willing to go draft or well not draft, but put some capital towards and pick up uh everything else now gonna be farm system or uh next turn in the rotation. When and the next window opens. And this and this takes me to my point. I think we know we were there might be a landing. For Mr. Bauer, today news broke this morning. Aaron Boone said that the Yankees are going to be without Frankie Montas for possibly the entire season. He's having shoulder surgery next week. In best case scenario, the timeline that's been laid out is August. And I'm just going to tell you from experience of following this sport for years, y'all. He ain't pitching. Anytime they say best case scenario August, we'll see you in 2024. Hi, and, and I, I would still love to know why is he waiting? I mean, well, best case scenario in August is you're out of the division and wild card chase, and you're just wanting to see what you got to go into next season, stretching some arms out. There is no way if you're in competitive baseball, you're putting him out there. It's not happening. No, unless you're just going to throw him in, into the minor leagues. I believe I'm going to look it up real quick because I, I was mentioning it earlier and I forgot to, to, to double check. But I believe 
that we have, uh, I believe Frankie Montas is a free agent at year's end because I believe that was a part of the reason why he was traded last year. I know First it was part of the six-player trade, and he, I think he went 0-8 in his starts with the Yankees. He really didn't do well in uh, his 2022 pinstripe debut. Yes, okay, 2024 unrestricted free agent. He'll be 31. He's not He's not rushing back. He's going to hope he, everything goes well, pitches a few innings, maybe in some minor league action, and then he's going to get ready for 2024 because that's going to be his one chance. Now, he's not going to get, when I say one chance at a big splash, he, he's not going to get a Carlos Rodon deal, right? But he might get a deal something like what uh, Jameson Tyon got. And that's his one shot because he's going to be 31. That dude is not rushing back, worried about getting anyone in the Bronx ring. So, back to my point. <laughs> Can you imagine Trevor Bauer going to the Big Apple wearing the Yankee pinstripes? We're over talking about, man, I wish the Braves would sign him. Man, I hope the Mets don't sign him. What if he becomes a Yankee? Look out. I don't care what you do off the field. <laughs> And if they did it, we couldn't blame them because we've been sitting here pounding the table saying Atlanta should should uh should sign him. The only thing that become only reason why that becomes relevant to us is because our fantasy baseball draft <laughs> comes comes rolling around, and then all of a sudden we're gonna be trying to grab him. What a journey that could be from Reds to the you went to the Dodgers to have your exit a year later and then to the pinstripes. Now that could be an amazing journey. Right. And what if he is the reason that they take the next step and win the world series, they can get past the Houston Astros. It, it wasn't because he didn't have good stuff. I mean, we talked about all the uh, videos and stuff he was doing with spin rate and testing with, with, you know, different substances and trying to prove the case to MLB. And I mean, Man had great movement on his ball. Now, exactly what's legal and what's not with substances nowadays, who knows? But uh, if he can pass the on and off the field exam that gets you across the white chalk, then uh, do you really care? I mean, not really. I mean, if it passes the test and it's legal, then uh, I don't really care what you use to throw a baseball. Um, do your thing. And that's what we're here for is to uh, – Talk about baseball. And the man, I still think, has the talent and the arm to do it. He's only 32, and the only thing that's happened over the last two seasons is he's got a ton of rest. Yeah. in YouTube videos. But, he, but he's gotten a ton of rest. And, and he's keeping himself in shape, right? So we haven't seen him come on, come on the screen all of a sudden. He looks like Pablo Sandoval, right? So you know, I, I would think he's fine. And anyone that signs him is going to want him to work him out anyways. But you're talking about minimal risk. Other than the publicity, dude, whatever, dude. It's New York. You know what? There's always going to be a reason why they're going to be trashing you in New York. 37 papers in that town. Someone's got to write something. I mean, somebody in New York needs a diversion somewhere. <laughs> that might pay his salary. And... What could be a bigger deal for Trevor Bauer than for him to
to go to the New York Yankees, win the World Series. He'll hit the free agent market at 33 years old with a chance of one more. And at that point, he, he he's not going to have to take the bottom of the bunch. He'll have people beating down his door, and, he, and he'll be able to name his, his number. He'll be able to say, look, I want a three, four, maybe even five-year deal, and I want top-of-the-line money. <clears throat> Let's go. I could also see Bauer getting mad at the end of that and just being like, well, I'm going to take my guaranteed money and go home after he gets gets his ring just to kind of jab back. But, uh, good, but does I, I just, I feel, I think he likes the game too much. I really do. I mean, the, what, what he does with, with these YouTube videos and, and helping young kids pitch and stuff like that. I don't think any of that's phony. I don't think he's a guy that would do that if he didn't really love the game. Right. If he was a guy that was just all about himself and didn't care about the game, et cetera, et cetera, he wouldn't be doing those videos. He would be laying low. And maybe that's maybe that's why the Dodgers didn't want him because they're worried about his his uh, his star effect and then all the controversy. And but someone's going to take advantage of, of this. I I believe I'll be shocked if he goes all year without pitching. And whoever's smart enough to do it might bring home the ring. Or or it ends up being a deal where it's it's a it's a low level team that that grabs them. Like I've mentioned, man, if man, if I'm a Marlin, if I'm a Royal, if I'm whoever, I'm signing this guy. First of all, it's it's gonna bring you buzz. Second of all, Come July, I'm trading you. That's what I was just about to say. Isn't there some trade capital in this for the bottom dwellers? Just pick him up, let him come out, have his half-season debut, and then when it comes deadline time, hey, risk-reward, you know? And what is the risk? League minimum? Well, y'all, that's all you spend on some of these bottom dwellers is league minimum contracts. So here you is, a quality MLB starter at a league minimum, and you haven't signed him yet? A frontline starter that end. When you look at the big picture, too, is, okay, let's say if he struggles, okay, then all you got to do is release him. You're not stuck with a five-year deal. But if he blossoms, even if he's solid, by the time he gets to the trade deadline, you will have absorbed most of the bad press. Whoever he gets traded to is not going to deal with that, any of that. So they'll be good. They're going to be willing to give you all kinds of goodies. But it's lining up. I'm telling you, it's lining up for the Yankees. Pinstripes. Woo! Woo! And, and what a rotation that would be. I don't even want to. John, Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Trevor Bauer. Man. Red Sox fans are cussing us right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, right? They're, they're just, <laughs> I can feel Sergeant Timus Wooten right now speaking to me. <laughs> they're all going, would you shut up? <laughs> I selfishly just don't want him to go to the Mets, and that's why I want, I want him to sign somewhere because I don't believe Atlanta is going to su- sign him. So if we're not going to sign him, then God dog it, let's get him signed away into the American League. That's what I care about. <laughs> Because he gave us fits. Last time we saw him was in the 2020 truncated 
uh, season with the with the goofy playoffs. We played them in the first round, and there and there was all that jibber jabber going back and forth between the innings. If you remember, um, mm-hmm. Bauer was doing the chop and all that. Kind of, whatever it took us the extra innings to get a run off of, off of that Reds team. It's hard to believe we're just removed with three seasons from the Reds giving us all we could handle in the first round. They dismantled that team quick. They, I'll tell you what, the Reds do have some good young arms coming up. I'm, I, I was kind of looking at it. Was it last time the night before? I don't remember, but I was kind of sitting there, and I, I, I do this during the off season because I have, I've literally have no life, and so I, I, I go through all the all the teams, and I'll just look at well, who's the projected starters? They now, granted, they're young and they're unproven, but man, the Reds have got some really interesting arms. That I, now look when when you trade everything away, this is what happens. A few years later, you start getting these goodies. But them and the and the Marlins to me could be two teams. Not necessarily they're going to make splash in the plus, but they could be much more potent than what people expect them to be. They'll knock it. They could knock a contender out. They stay hot and get in. They could definitely knock a contender out. If nothing else, they can make it difficult for you down the stretch. When you start playing this team, I, I've, I haven't looked at who they play in September, right? But when the Reds come a calling by September, that might be a pretty darn good baseball team that's that's going to ruin your season. I know we play them a couple of times, but I think it's early on. But that Nick Lodolo, he, I mean, he is a a good starting pitcher. And then, of course, you got Hunter Green, who he'll, he'll you know, he's got another year of seasoning, and he's he's been sky is the limit kind of guy, anyways. And I guess this is the farewell farewell tour, excuse me for uh, Votto. Um, and just all in all, I, their pitching is going to be dangerous. I don't I don't know if they're going to put enough runs up to be able to get out of the out of the cellar, but they're scary enough to me that I don't want to face them late in the season when some of these guys start getting seasoning. And they've got some good heck of a farm system right now. This is not a team I want to see in September if I need a big W on the road. I hope they stay true and they all develop because I'd like to see some excitement in that division. I'd like to see some fresh blood up top again and, and uh, I'd like to see that whole division flip-flop a little bit. With the with the Braves heading to spring training tomorrow, what is the biggest storyline going into the, in tomorrow? I guess more so than anything else, pitchers and catchers, let's focus on that because they're the ones showing up. What's the biggest storyline for, for the Braves for you? For 2023 um is sean murphy what i saw in oakland and does this hitters friendly park translate over into w's by extra runs on the scoreboard um i just want to see how he gels with the pitching staff uh where that split with darnode and how that that transition that's probably the main thing and then aside from it when the full squad gets here is 
Grissom, there's no doubt about his bat and his talent, but the man that he replaced, uh, I think in 2020, played every game, uh, played like 151 and 158 the past two seasons in 21 and 22. I mean, Dansby just didn't miss many games and was a defensive phenomenon. So does Grissom fill in and fill that void, and can he be the everyday player? If not, what does our platoon look like, and uh, how do we consistently platoon and not lose offense? So that, that's my concerns and what I'm really looking forward to see. I know that went past your pitchers and catchers, but I, I think it's going to be important this season. If Grissom can't be that everyday guy, then can someone – then how does – how do we go through from from the manager stand, standpoint of platooning through this? We we can all plug and play some names and you know how we think we would do it, but you've got some holes in this roster with some paperweights that are cash and checks. And how do you how do you do that and still fill your roster? Yeah, for me, for for Grissom, it's going to be. I I assume he's going to go into slumps with the bat. He's young, but my biggest question is: was was Glove go, go into a slump? That's one thing you didn't see with Dansby. Dansby came to the post and he played very, he, he played exceptional defense. As far as the pitchers and catchers, I feel pretty good, assuming health, I feel pretty good with the Darnode Murphy combo, right? And I do believe they're going to get both of them enough at bats at the DH where neither one's really going to be, be affected that much. But it's that number five starter for me. And. I, I I suspect Soroka will be the guy before it's all said and done, but does he start off with us? Like, does he end up in the minors? And what do we get out of him in 2023? Because that Bryce Elder looked pretty darn good. And right now, the leader in the clubhouse to me is Elder. But obviously, Soroka and Ian Anderson will have something to say about that. Yeah, I want to see how Anderson and Freed bounce this year. Soroka, I think I'm kind of like you of the same mindset. I think we ease into that. I don't know. If, does it really even matter if coming out of the day, opening day, if he's in the starting rotation? I'd rather be safe and make sure we have him when we need him. Um, when so he said the other day, I saw a quote from him saying that this is the first time that he – has gone into spring training with with feeling 100% or as 100% as he can be at this point since 2019 that took me a second to really fat, you know to, to wrap my head around that I was like man it's been two it's been 4 years since this guy was supposed to be the next guy for the Braves and I just I don't know you, I, I'm hoping for the best, but what my concern is, is the velocity going to be there? Is he going to be able to have that swing and miss stuff? And with, with all those surgeries on his heels, usually the first thing that, that the guys lose is that velocity. The other thing that they normally end up dealing with, at least for the first year or so, is the command. Cause you, because you haven't been on the mound all that much. So you're, having to, you're almost having to, it's not quite relearning, but you're only, it's almost like you're relearning how to ride a bicycle. Like, you know it, you haven't forgotten it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to put you in a, in a BMX tournament anytime soon. Right. So imagine me and you in a BMX showdown. <laughs> 
Boy, gravity likes me too much, man. That bike's not flying. I'm be like the kid that nobody sees because I won't be on TV flying to the air. <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna be right behind you. <laughs> if you go down, I go down. <laughs> yeah. I I've not been on a bicycle in years. I I can only envision there would be a there would be a thing like where my feet would start doing like this and shaking, and then I'd just fall over. That would be my guess. They they say you never. You you you, no, you remember how to ride it, but I'll tell you what you forget, and I'll I'll keep this uh, as clean as I can. Uh, bought a set of bikes, I don't know, three or four years ago. Maybe, maybe it was been a little bit longer now. I think we rode them twice. You forget how bad a seat hurts, and I don't care what you upgrade your seat to. The damn thing still hurts, and yes. grown men aren't used to bike seats, and. My in-laws have those bikes now. I hope they use them. They're probably sitting in their garage just like they realized that I did. That uh, Man, I'll find another way of exercise. So kudos to the ones that can. This guy That's why you always see the guys who are old. The older guys actually do bicycle. You'll see them out and about. They're always standing as they're bicycling. You never see them sitting. They're always in a stand position. You're like, man, that guy's really getting after it. He's just tired of that thing riding his bum, man. Like That thing's... It's never been, yeah. No one's ever come up with the with the successfully comfortable bike seat that wouldn't be so darn big that it's gonna like it's gonna be like a wind sail that just slows you down as you're coming down the road. We gotta take a really quick break. When we come back, Tennessee, Bama, and we're gonna give you our locks of the day. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD wherever you stream. Someone asked me one time, have you ever been in the WNBA? I'm like, no. Nobody cares about the WNBA. <laughs> they don't, sorry. Perfect example, Brittany Griner, WNBA superstar, currently in a Russian prison. If that were LeBron James, we would have sent SEAL Team 6, Jason Bourne, and three Girl Scouts for an extraction. It's time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named Best New Cruise Destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit MSCCruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery. Wendy's only makes one kind of breakfast, your new favorite one. How do we do it? With fresh cracked eggs, oven-baked bacon, and flaky croissants. You know, the things your old breakfast wasn't doing. So toss that old news and its soggy eggs somewhere useful. And get to Wendy's. A sausage, egg, and Swiss croissant, bacon, egg, and Swiss croissant, and honey butter chicken biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time moment. Single item at regular price. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. Straight up the middle. Touchdown. Delayed reaction, but Tebow got in. Oh, jump pass. How about that? Oh, my gosh. That looks like 1955. Holy cow. Are you kidding me? Armchair. 
Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., drive time on WQEE. What did you do? Well, isn't it obvious? I spiked them with muscle relax and plus my ADHD medication. What? You brought us again? Look at my face. You ruined my life. You're not my friend. Don't say that. Phil. Are you serious even in America? Yes. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer. Welcome back. We take you to the top of the hour. Sports Map Radio takes over, and we will be bringing you first name on sports. And of course, get your morning started off tomorrow, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Ryan O Radio Penitentiary. And uh, noon to two, you got the Rod Peterson Show, and two to three, of course, you've got sports beat with richard holdridge and we are here live three to five and gonna talk some little college basketballs you got 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 a big game justin especially for the tennessee volunteers who've been taking it on the chin here recently and they got the number one team in the country coming to knoxville tonight man if this doesn't sound familiar alabama crimson tide the nemesis of the tennessee volunteers even when the ball's bouncing what say you on this game? Man, pinch me. Is this happening twice in one uh, school calendar year? Because uh, I feel like we just relived this in October. So uh, I don't know if uh, you can tear down the whole goal and float it in the Tennessee River. But, uh, hey, I say go for it if it happens tonight. Um, you're coming off three. Uh, look, they've dropped three out of four. Um, you got two heartbreaking losses, one-point losses, once again, uh, one against Vanderbilt and uh, one this past weekend against Missouri. Um, both of them down the lane, kind of self-inflicted wounds of Scovey missing a free throw in both games. Uh, could put points on the board and uh, send it over and uh, a late lane violation, which, you know, um, those are just hard ones to take uh, at the collegiate level. You're like, lane violation? Come on, man. Um, but, hey, it happens, and uh, – they, they've had a rough little stretch, so you got to hope they come back. And uh, the thing that we haven't seen by the volunteer teams of the year in the past few years is they've kind of exploded out of the gate and had these great seasons, but they get into the postseason, SEC tournament, and the dance and just don't perform. But this year we're kind of seeing an opposite team. Um, they're up and down, but when they put it all together, this team just seems like they're saving it and holding back, and you just kind of hope that they turn the switch on and can kind of get it gelled before you do get to the dance because uh, there's no guarantee that you can just flip that switch. So that's a tall ask. I say all that with Alabama coming to town. Uh, coming off the big win they just came off of and didn't even have their number one three-pointer, um, you know, draining three. So that, that's the big threat tonight. Can they eliminate some of the big threes and uh, handle that transition game and, you know, take easy baskets? That game to me, um, well, first of all, it's interesting that Tennessee's on, on the slide, but they're still a three-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against the number one team. So that's interesting itself, but, Basketball is so much more di different than football when, when you're talking about betting with points and whatnot. A lot of expert bettors tell you don't don't even worry about the points, right? 
pick the team that you think is better unless it's like a ridiculously large margin because you're talking about one or two possessions. Uh, that being said, I mean, I would have a hard time taking Tennessee at home because, and I'm staring, I'm, I'm staying away from it totally, but because of the fact that I could see this thing coming down to the last shot and three and a half just is right there in that sweet spot where you're like, man, this, this almost feels like a game where the, where the team that has the ball last wins it right. Or loses it, but regardless, comes down down the stretch. I tell you, a team that has been surprising in your neck of the woods last night, and they put a pounding on South Carolina. Vanderbilt has now won four consecutive games in conference play. I think I heard them say that was the first time since 2016 that they've done such a thing. And I took. Vandy last night minus the points because I thought it was South Carolina is terrible and I couldn't believe that the line was only minus five so I cashed in on that little ticket but you're going to start seeing some regression because you're going to start seeing now the more more and more that a team goes on these winning streaks that's when the line goes up too high and then you're like okay I gotta I gotta back off them but that's a surprise to me that Vanderbilt has has turned around like they have and could they be a dangerous team the sec tour i'll tell you what that sec tournament's gonna be phenomenal this year because you got tennessee you got alabama you got vanderbilt who's coming on auburn's still to me a team that they haven't quite figured it out but they're still dangerous and right now on the outside looking in of the joe lenardi bubble or whatever he calls it Kentucky Wildcats would not be in the NCAA tournament right now. And I think Tennessee can help with that. Uh, I believe that's the weekend matchup for the Volunteers. Is uh, I think they head up to Lexington, if I've got my schedule memorized correctly. Tonight, so. Kentucky's at Mississippi State. So right now, I was looking at the Lenardi first four in, last four out, that kind of junk. And right now, Mississippi State is barely in, and Kentucky's barely out. So the game tonight, and that game's at 830, I think it's SEC Network, but that game tonight is for basically posturing. Obviously, we still have two, three weeks before the before the conference tournament, but, but, but that's a big game in its own right. And I thought Kentucky had finally turned it around because they were starting to play some pretty good basketball, and then they've just fallen flat. I thought when they came in to Knoxville and knocked off the Volunteers, especially with a defensive game, uh, lower scoring like that, I thought that uh, maybe they had turned that corner. But uh, as you just said, and we've all noticed, they haven't quite turned it yet. <laughs> yeah, they have it. And you're saying Tennessee and Kentucky play this weekend? I'm pulling it right now. I believe they do. I haven't looked ahead to uh... – the more and more that, that I've gotten into this season, I'm, I'm going day to day. 18th uh, at Kentucky. So tonight's uh, Is that Alabama, uh, 1 p.m. Uh, to really? Eastern. Really? Yeah. That feels like that should be the ESPN night game. God bless. What is your lock of the day and in, in your walk-off? Well, don't really have much to uh, pick, so I will take my volunteers as my uh, – I'll take them and the points. Uh, I, I think they get the win tonight. Um, 
I'm going to walk off just as it doesn't really matter what sport it is. Volunteers, Crimson Tide. Uh, I can't say it on air, but uh, go Vols. My lock of the day is I'm going to take Boston University and Presbyterian on the money line on a on a two team parlay pays out plus two oh six. I like I like the uh, the edge in both of these games mainly on the glass for both teams. Don't have time to get into the whole thing. If you're if you're looking for something else too, Washington is getting five and a half. So some places have six at home tonight, and that game is at 11 o'clock Eastern. They're at home against Oregon. Oregon has been terrible on the road. Washington's been good on the road, and Oregon is, should not be favored by five and a half in this game. That's another one that I like quite a bit, and a bunch of others that we don't have time to get into. Um, my walk-off for the day is we will be back tomorrow. Braves pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. So tomorrow... We'll be talking a lot of Atlanta Braves. We'll have uh, and and we're gonna dive into to a little bit of a fantasy baseball talk. Doug and and Stephen are gonna be here along with uh, Joey, and we're talking a little bit of fantasy baseball. We're gonna get into the uh, the the ins and outs of of uh, of the different types that you can play, and then of course actual baseball pitchers and catchers report. And I bet you. By this time tomorrow, we're going to have another significant story because when pitchers and catchers report, people start going, "Hey, where's so and so? Where's so and so? Ah, well, he's going to have surgery. He's not. He's not here." It still dumbfounds me that Montas, who's going to be a free agent next year, would not have had that surgery and had this taken care of, because because it was an issue last season. Why would it, why did he not have this surgery during the off season to be ready to come back and to and to show what, what he's worth. If he doesn't come back at all, his last few innings that he pitched for the Yankees, if he doesn't pitch at all this year, that's the last thing that we remember. That dude's going to be talking about a, that dude may be talking about a one-year show-and-go deal, right? Dump it. You see it in all too, Justin. You know, you see it in all sports. You're like, why didn't you have the surgery during the offseason? Well, because I was on the boat, man. I, was, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I, I don't want anything to, to ruin my vacation. Y'all. GMs remember that. All right, brother. We will see you next time. Have a great uh, rest of your day. Sports Map Radio is on the way. Keep it locked in here on the key. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something up,
remember Nothing out of it I remember She said a lot that I can't remember Something out of it Gonna get another cigarette please Can I get another cigarette please Yeah I know I live to regret it Just give me another cigarette please You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia.